All right, good evening to you. Wednesday night, 7.30. That means it is the 573 report. I'm Gabe DeArmond. Over to, I don't know, one side of me or the other. You'd figure eventually I would figure out which way you guys are looking at the screen, but I haven't. I think he's over to my left. That's Mitchell Forty. Uh, we will have Eli Drinkwitz on the show um, shortly. Um, probably about 7.30, or 7.45, I'm sorry. It is... 7.30 right now. Sorry, I just uh, got a text confirming that we are going to do that. So 7.45, we are going to have Eli Drinkwitz on the show. It appears, Mitch, that most of the people that are in here are far more interested to hear from Eli Drinkwitz than you or me, but we can, I, I mean, burn a few minutes. Uh, one person, Jacob, did say he was excited to hear from all three of us. So, Yeah, we appreciate that. I mean, you know, Drinkwitz, he's a good talker. He's entertaining. And, you know, he does probably have a a slightly more high-profile job than us. But um, I appreciate the support. You know, we're going to talk either way. So hopefully you like it. Yeah, so Jacob, we appreciate that you want to hear from us. The other of you, hey, it's cool. Tune us out till 745 if you want. I mean, just stay on here. Hit the like button. Like, make it appear that you're watching. Uh, But you don't have to actually pay attention until uh, Coach Drinkwitz joins us here in about uh, 10, 15 minutes. He will be uh, hopping on with us and we'll talk some Missouri football and whatever else. And and we will uh, look, we'll take questions from you guys and and comments, uh, you know, for coach, preferably questions. We don't know exactly how long he's going to have. So. Uh, we do want to make sure to get some of the things that you guys want asked and we are going to moderate it. Um, you know, we will pick and choose the questions we ask and and they will be the good questions or the, uh, the respectful questions at least. But Mitch, before, uh, before he hops on here, we, we might as well hit the basketball and, and get that done first. Um, the way I put it in, uh, I, I think one of my posts last night was, a disappointing loss, but not one that to me was surprising or really changes anything about what I think about this season. For sure. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think coming into that stretch of back-to-back road games against uh, at Tennessee and at Auburn, you, you would probably think going one and one is pretty good. Um, and to have the one win against uh, come against Tennessee, you know, when they're ranked against the top 10, I think that would be your preference if you had to pick one of those two games to win. Um, you know, Auburn's, they're a fine team. They've been playing much better with Sharif Cooper. It's hard to win, you know, two games on the road in, in four days, especially when you don't have uh, time to go home between. The way it unfolds, definitely a little disappointing just because Missouri, you know, did kind of get back and, and was leading, I think, by seven in the second half. Um, and, you know, I know that there were some people not exactly thrilled with the officiating, thought that perhaps played into it. But, um, you know, I, I yeah, I don't think this is some sort of, uh, you know, a damning loss. Right. And uh, look, he, he did get a ton of calls, but Sharif Cooper is also the best player Missouri has played this year, right? I mean, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe Io. I mean, Maybe. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, actually, Io's good. They're, they're different, though. I, Io, you know, Io is probably more polished. Um, but Sharif Cooper, I think just in, if you're talking, you know, sheer blow by ability, um, you know, ability to, to kind of create for himself and others. I don't know. It's a tough call because Io, I will say, you know, Io put up, what was it? I don't know, 34 or something like that. And he did it with, I, he shot some free throws, but it wasn't like Sharif Cooper scored. I don't know what he scored. 25. I think it was on like five made field goals or 28 on like five mm-hmm. made field goals. A very different way to go about yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're both, you know, one A and one B in that conversation. Well, and to me, what set Cooper apart? was the assists. I mean, he's averaging like nine or 10 assists yeah. a game and Io scored a ton, yeah. but 
I don't really remember him passing, and when it came time to make a play to win the game, he just fired one up from about 40 feet. He's a good player, uh, like you said, splitting hairs, but but I was impressed, uh, certainly with Sharif Cooper. Um, We've got to get some of these comments on before Coach Drinkwitz gets on because Justin Ferguson says that this show is second only to him losing his virginity. So, I mean, I'm glad we're a popular show, but Justin – there's got to be some other things that, that have been better somewhere along the line, I would think. <laughs> I mean, I guess I appreciate it. I don't know. I didn't, didn't expect those two things to be equated this evening. Yeah, that was not what I expected. Uh, Josh Cook complimented your background. Um, it's actually just half yes, of my right. background. Like, we legitimately <laughs> just cut it in half um, and, and gave half to Mitch. So, uh, no, Luke, I'm a real pro, a YouTube pro. Yeah, exactly. We're official. Uh, Luke wants to know if Jadarius Perkins is official. And so if we can ask Drinkwitz about it at this point, it's not, we've seen nothing. A, we've seen nothing from Perkins, but seeing something from Perkins doesn't make it official. We would have to see something from Missouri. And I can confidently say Missouri, is not going to release that at 7.40 on Wednesday night. Um, that would have been out by 5 o'clock if, if they were going to do that. The other thing that, Mitch, I'm kind of surprised isn't official yet is Jethro Franklin's hire. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Drinkwitz told us, what was it, Monday, I guess, that, that yeah. they were hoping to have that done within a day. And I, I don't think that's any reason for concern or anything. I just thought maybe we'd have some notification on that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, yeah, he, yeah, he said in the process of being finalized should be in the next day or so. So it's been a couple of days. Yeah. Not, not necessarily calls for concern, but not, uh, not totally official yet, but he did drink did talk about that. Um, he talked about Steve Wilkes and, uh, Jethro Franklin in the press conference the other day, just, you know, as a heads up, we probably won't be asking about that since we just talked to him about it. Right. Yeah. Not, not too much. Um, but I, we have seen some of the things on social media and, Players are on campus. Um, everyone, so far as we know, is back. Uh, the, a lot of early enrollees, I think it was 11. Uh, that includes Mookie Cooper. So uh, Coach can talk about all those guys, um, and we'll certainly talk to him about that and, and what's been going on there. And just also like to let you guys know, we want to make this a, a little more informal. I mean, we're going to ask him some football stuff. Don't get me wrong, but also just kind of a, a chance for, for you guys to get to know him and, and him to, to kind of be available in a little bit more casual setting than, I mean, it's hard to get much more casual than us sitting around our <laughs> living rooms on a zoom call, but it, you know, uh, whatever, yeah. at least Mitch and I wear collared shirts on the zoom calls. So we're ahead of a number of people. <laughs> yeah i mean this really isn't that different uh we you know but at least yeah it's just the three of us as opposed to we can we can each sneak a couple more questions in without being yelled at for trying to ask a follow-up exactly I, I think actually just every question we should say all right i got a follow-up to that you know just yeah, for you like can't say straight no. minutes. <laughs> so uh so appreciate all you guys watching while you're here a bunch of you have already hit the like button hit the subscribe button you'll be able to find out uh you know when we go live next time uh, we'll be doing stuff is Saturday before the TCU game. I, I don't know a lot about TCU. I know they're they're not particularly good, though. That's a game that, that I think Missouri is projected to win by six or seven points, maybe. Yeah, I mean, TCU, first of all, they haven't played in, uh, I think, about two weeks now. They last played on January 12th. They've been on COVID pause. I think That's they play right. tomorrow. 
Uh, they play Kansas, so uh, you know, not like they're, they that might not be a, a fun you know <laughs> jump back into competition right. before Missouri. Um, yeah, I don't know much else about them other than I know they're they're not particularly good, at least in the Ken Palm race. They're I think they're in like the 90s. They only have like one top 100 win. So it's still really weird to me that Jamie Dixon is the coach there. Um, yeah, it is. That's it not is. a thing that that kind of computes in my mind. Big 12 SEC Challenge though. A, couple of good games i mean um mm-hmm. kentucky and texas people thought would be a good game now it's not particularly a good game <laughs> uh tennessee kansas should yeah. be good um i don't know who alabama plays in that oklahoma which okay. is pretty good they, they just they beat kansas and texas back to back so that's actually probably the best game at the slate um auburn baylor you know is somewhat intriguing right uh, there's some good games it'll be there's fun to see games. cooper i'll, play I'll actually I'll, I'll try to watch as much as i can with us having a game to cover yeah it'll be fun to see cooper play against baylor um i but missouri sitting 10 and 3 um you know four and th- I, I think what last night did is it kind of means alabama's got this lead one i think right i yeah. mean if missouri beats alabama here i guess there's a chance but it's tough to see somebody i think because Alabama's going to have to lose three or four times, and somebody's going to have to go and beat in the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it would take a fairly epic collapse from Alabama to uh, to you know what they're they're nine and zero, so they you know I mean yeah they'd have to they'd have to lose almost half their probably about half their games down the stretch, assuming you know every other team that's in the mix is going to lose once or twice, and probably one of those games would have to be at Missouri. So yeah. it's possible, but not likely. Yeah, uh, another one we need to just put on the show before Drinkwitz get it, gets in here is that Bob Douglas is inviting you to a wedding, Mitch. So wait, I, wait, I, I guess my first question is, is where are we going? Where's the wedding? I, yeah, because this is not a flat no. I mean, you know, there are trips yeah. that that you would take. I'd with like Bob, to know. I'd like to know more. I'd like to know more. <laughs> All right, so Bob, you can you can DM Mitch off the air. Um, we uh, we run a family show here, but if you guys want to communicate about your trip to a wedding this summer, hey, we're we're good. Uh, Sir Mufflebun certainly is is hoping that you do this. This is just, I you know, it, we're fortunate that Drinkwitz has not popped in the show at this point because, I, I mean, it's it's foolishness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, he he may I, he probably won't log on to the YouTube page to be able to see the comments. Some of the some of the oh uh, is, the is ones. is that what you have to do? You have to be yeah okay. yeah. It doesn't show up on our Skype conversation. So okay, peek behind the curtain. That <laughs> is excellent. Uh, Mitchell Bennett is asking if it's uh if it's open bar. So look, Bob, uh, Bob, if Mitchell Forty says no, Mitchell Bennett might it, like you can take a Mitchell to this wedding. I feel confident. Yeah, um, whichever. That's good. Maybe Mitchell Smith. I don't know. Maybe we'll get him on the 573 report sometime and Bob Douglas can ask him to a wedding. So uh, that, it might be impermissible benefits, though, if, if he comes back for his seventh year in the program or, or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, a Missouri NCAA tournament team, um, things are cruising along okay. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what you changed last night other than – hey, it would be good if Mark Smith had hit a shot or if Xavier Pinson had stayed on the floor um, a little longer. But other than that, you know, I, I don't uh, I don't think there were any big issues. Yeah, I mean, like, look, we know about the shooting. It's the clear weakness. It's not that's nothing new. It is. It's a bit of an issue. I mean, you know, you get into a game like that where um, for one reason or another, and, and last night it was a combination of the other team having the best player on the floor and getting a lot of calls. You have to score, you know, 
86 points to win a game. I just Missouri probably can't do that unless they're playing someone that's just giving up, you know, live ball turnover after live ball turnover. Um, you know, they're they're not probably a good enough shooting team for that. That doesn't mean they're a bad team. I still think they're, you know, nope. definitely yeah. one of the best in the SEC and, and a, a potential tournament team. But, uh, you know, yeah, and then the fouls, I mean. Hey, Mitch, I, I don't want to cut you off, but we do have uh, Coach Drinkwitz here on the line right, with yeah. us. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and bring him in. I accidentally have him uh, have Mitchell Forty's name below him. That is not Mitchell Forty. That's uh, <laughs> your guys' head football coach. And, and Coach, we just want to start by saying we really appreciate you promoting your appearance on the show by tweeting this morning that today was going to be a really good day. We're sure that's what you meant. And so we, yeah. we appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, that was the focus of my entire day, just to make sure that we got as many people to tune in to the night as possible, because I really I really was intrigued by Mitchell's uh, breakdown of the basketball game last night. I had a yeah. few opinions of my own, but I'm just going to gonna go ahead and go with what Mitchell had to say about what happened. I, I, I was curious, can you get fined for criticizing basketball officiating as well? Is that like a conference-wide yeah. rule? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can get fined for doing anything stupid like that. So, But again... <laughs> For any fining questions, I always turn to Lane Kiffin and ask him. He's got the most experience with it, and so I, you know, I just lean on his expertise. Makes sense. So uh, it, we're going to talk a little bit of football with you, obviously, but, but we kind of more informal, a little casual thing. We got we got a lot yeah. of fans that are, are going to be asking questions. But the first thing, have you had time? I know you guys, you know, there's never really time off in your job, but have you had time since this mm -hmm. season ended to kind of look back and? and think about the last 13 months and, and maybe slow down just a little bit and reflect <laughs> on it at all? Um, yeah, you know, I took a couple of days uh, when the bowl game was canceled and just kind of revisited the season, but really more to chart the course for this next season more than to sit there and look at, you know, everything that occurred, but more to, okay, this is what happened and this is where we got to go and this is where we're short. And, uh, you know, that was really my primary focus was, okay, what did I learn? What do we have to improve on? And how do we how do we close the gap between us and the SEC East? Eli, a question kind of in that same vein. I know, I remember before fall camp started last year, you said, you know, you can't microwave the process of, of putting in mm -hmm. a new culture and, and a new offense and stuff like that. But you kind of had no choice. I mean, certainly we're cut <laughs> short a lot of practice time. How, yeah. how, how much more do you feel like can kind of be accomplished with a cross our fingers full off season? Yeah, you know, that's interesting because we've spent the better part of the last two weeks in the office just watching film and, and self-scouting. And, uh, you know, one of the things that showed up was the inconsistency of execution on plays that we just didn't have a ton of reps on. And we were trying to put them in during game week and get, you know, two or three reps on it. And then in key moments, it didn't, it didn't get executed the way we needed it. So, you know, for us, that's a big point of emphasis, especially for a new quarterback. Um, it, you know, it's just getting him enough reps that he knows the answer. So if the primary reads taken away, do we get to the secondary read, you know, you know, get, getting that, uh, chemistry with our cadence that if they give us a, a blitz look that we can reload the protection and change it. And, and, uh, you know, how do we change from one run to a next when it's not the right look? So all those things are going to be really important for us to get to, but not only just talk through them, rep them make the mistake, correct the mistake, and then keep doing it. And so look forward to that. It's also going to be huge for, um, you know, defensively with with Coach Wilkes putting in his new scheme. Um, but, you know, I look for us to make a tremendous jump in special teams. I think one of the areas that 
you know, obviously we struggled with ball security there. Um, but with a lack of depth, you know, we weren't able to try to win games on special teams. We were just trying to survive and really challenge Coach Link and the rest of the staff that we've got to play our young guys, um, but we've got to make special teams special. How much are you looking forward to? I, I thought, and I've told you this, you did a, a good job throughout the year kind of handling, hey, nobody cares about about all the, the other stuff going on. We've just got to deal with it. But how much are you looking forward to having a roster that has like 80 players on it for a game or, or however many you might have for game one? You know what's interesting is uh, whenever we were negotiating my contract, one of the main emphasis for me was getting a sixth year because I knew this year we were dealing with um, NCAA sanctions. Mm -hmm. I had no idea who was going to deal with COVID too, you know, and the NCAA sanctions are challenging enough. I mean, we still have four weeks of, of, uh, uh quiet where we can have zero contact with recruits, which is, I mean, in COVID, how, how do you, how, if you can't talk to them, it's kind of a crushing blow. So, you know, we're still dealing with that. Um, but the reality of it is, uh, if you compete and there's a score, Fans want to win, and if you don't, they want to know why, and they're going to hold people accountable to it, and that is what it is. They pay us good money, so <laughs> it is what it is. Eli, I know you mentioned Connor Basilak already. He's uh, you know a guy who, who really hasn't had a, a full offseason in a college program, like you mentioned. Uh, but you got a couple other quarterbacks on the roster, and you know Brady Cook and, and Tyler Macon coming in. I guess what's your kind of approach to uh, to the to the quarterback position here entering spring practice? Uh, I mean, uh, development, player development at each position and, and specifically at the quarterback position, try to get those guys as many reps as they can. Obviously, there's specific things that we know Connor needs to work on. There's specific things that Brady can work on and maximize his reps and opportunities. And then Tyler Macon is just trying to learn the offense. He's going to have a, a hard spring just because of the nature of coming in as a true freshman and learning everything, uh, which we're going to we're going to start spring football on February 26th. So maybe it's 27th. So, I mean, he's got to get picked up really quick. Um, but the good news is we can learn, make mistakes, and then all summer practice it, rehash it, and then really compete in fall camp. I know the the fans and, and everybody watching are really excited about, obviously, the the new kids. That's a, every year. Uh, hey, what's the next wave? And and you brought 11 guys in at, at semester. I'm just curious, not sure how much mm -hmm. the, the coaches actually can do with them, but what are those guys doing the, these couple weeks and just how quick a process is it to, okay, you're a college football player now, let's, let's, uh, let's adopt, to, let's kind of change the way you've been doing things? Well, did you say 11? I think that was what, what you brought in at, at semester. Yeah. I don't know. There might be there might be another one, but I I I'm told we can't talk uh, about anything that hasn't been released yet. So yeah, well, I, okay, well we can't talk about it, but there might be one more pretty big one. Um, you know, I think the process starts as soon as you step foot on campus, and that's what we've told them is you're no longer a high school player. The biggest thing for us is as coaches is to bridge the transition from high school to college, not let it be overwhelming, but also not baby them. Um, and that starts with workouts, making sure, you know, um, we're giving those guys the attention they need so that they can get accustomed to uh, our style, our culture, how we do things around here. Um, but even more importantly is letting their natural abilities take over and understanding that they compete at this level, but you have to compete. Most of these guys are coming from a place where they were the best player on the field, and every time they stepped on the field, maybe they didn't need to be at their best. Whereas when you step on the football field now, 
you're one of 85 great players. And so you're going to have to compete every single snap and get, you know, maximize your talent in order to have an opportunity. Eli, I have a, a question that a fan actually kind of touched on if Gabe wants to throw it on the screen it's from Steve A. But it, one thing, you know, obviously that the people have noticed about this team is is you're not afraid to run kind of some, you know, tricky gadget type plays, double passes, flea flickers, stuff like that. And I'm curious, yeah. when did that love kind of start? When did you start kind of uh, drawing up trick plays? And do you have any fun names for your trick plays like we've heard uh, from the Chiefs <laughs> and stuff like that? Uh, you know, I think that's just my – Growing and maturing with Coach Malzahn, even when we were in 2004 uh, at Springdale, Arkansas, we always had, you know, tricks and specials um, that we felt like would give us a shot in the arm, but also give us an opportunity to score. And so in, in these tough games, you know, where moving the ball is is very difficult, you want to have something in your back pocket, uh, you know, maybe as a momentum starter or a momentum changer or something like that. You know, we utilized it pretty successfully against uh, several teams, obviously LSU started the game with one versus Kentucky, uh, you know, just trying, you know, hit one, a big one against Georgia. So, you know, I mean, I think they're fun and, and they give you some, some adrenaline. Uh, I mean, we got all kinds of good names for them. Uh, you know, we, we usually come up with, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Strubing special is a play that was named after one of the coaches that, that I've used to coach with or, um, uh, you know, sometimes it'll be a mascot or sometimes it'll be named after a superhero or, you know, it just kind of depends. The name is basically the way that it, you know if the play is going to be successful or not. If the name's <laughs> crappy, the play's crappy. And that's kind of how I judge it. If somebody comes in and draws up a good trick play for us, the first thing I say is what we're going to call it. And if they come up with some bull crap like, you know, Coach Johnson special, I'm like, yeah, that plays out. You know, so. <laughs> How much, how much of that stuff, like, do coaches watch other games? I mean, because I saw you guys run a shovel pass to Nico Hay that I, that yeah. I said, I've seen that play run to Travis Kelsey 15 times in the last three years. Yeah. You know, how, how much of that is, hey, watching other games at different levels? I remember a few years ago, Josh Henson told us he found a, a play on, like, his some seventh-grade YouTube channel, you know, and, and they yeah. ran it in the game. Yeah, I mean, if you think a play's going to work, you're willing to try it. It's got to fit to what this is doing. I mean, um, we've been, you know, that, that play actually was named Champ. Champ right and Champ left. Um, and it was actually named after Will Muschamp because we, were, we okay. ran it last year against the Gamecocks when we were going against Will Muschamp. So there's a good name for you, a name story for you. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, a matter of absolutely. I mean, not, there's not a whole lot of fresh ideas. You just kind of, you know, even the trick play that, uh, or not the trick play, but the formation that we used that we handed, you know, the kind of the hand back to uh, Larry Roundtree versus Arkansas. You know, that's a play that I, we had used at Boise State uh, in 2015 in a set that we had used there. So you're always kind of digging back in the archives trying to find stuff that worked, and maybe they're not prepared for it. All right, uh, Michael is is asking what when you go out on the well, I guess not on the road recruiting now, but when you're recruiting mm -hmm. uh, here for Missouri, what's what's been the biggest I guess question you've gotten from kids or the biggest hurdle you've faced that that you've got to answer on the recruiting trail in your first year? Um, I mean, I think people do a nice job of negative recruiting us about our indoor <laughs> and and um, 
you know, there was some questions about social justice issues, I think, early in my tenure, but I, I think we've handled those and, and proven how much growth and how much uh, we've worked towards um, in what we're trying to be about moving forward um, and how much open-mindedness we've had. Um, and really, those have, those have really been the two biggest ones that people have tried to, to kind of hit us on. Since you mentioned the indoor, uh, one one of the viewers is also asking just kind of your thoughts on on the new facility, where it where it stands, and how much input do you have on what goes in that thing, where it goes, all that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll you know, find out, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until the votes voted, I don't know. But uh, no, obviously, this was something that was important to me and important to. Uh, my coming here and, and part of the you know reason why was hey they were committed to excellence and, and as I remind everybody commitment is not a one-time thing you we can't just make a commitment last year and then say okay well we've made a commitment like every year we have to recommit ourselves to what we're trying to accomplish whether that's players coaches administration fans we all have to recommit to what we're trying to do and and um you know, we've done a great job of being able to raise money uh, for, for that indoor. But, you know, for me, people have asked, well, what can I do? Well, what the average fan can do is buy season tickets. Um, they can buy season tickets and show the university, show the administration that there is a commitment to what we're trying to accomplish, that they do believe in this mindset of a new zoo. They do believe that because we're recruiting at a high level and, and, and uh, exceeding expectations in our season, that we have some hiccups yet. Yeah, but overall, if you look at our season, my goodness, I think we hit we hit where we want to be, uh, but we need everybody to continue to buy in. And for me, when you think about the fingerprint of Columbia, Missouri, we got Kansas City, we got St. Louis, but we got to hit rural Missouri. You got to draw a, a circle around 75 miles of Columbia, and we got to get those guys in the black and gold. And um, that for me is where it starts. Uh, you know, do I have input on whether or not it's going to be? You know where my preferred location is. Absolutely, but at the end of the day, the the uh, powers that be make the decisions. You know, I had another question from from one of our viewers here. Uh, Ball four asks: At the end of the year, you talked about needing time to to close the gap, and I think that's a phrase you used earlier tonight as well. Closing the gap in the SEC. Any insights how you do that? Well, I mean, it starts with recruiting, player development, uh, better scheme, self scout. Don't turn the ball over. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to close the gap, but one of the biggest areas is um, we got to have a belief in finishing the second half. If you look at the three games that defined us in the SEC East, all three of them we were within striking distance at halftime and came out and did not do what we needed to do to get back over the hump. We proved we could do it. We were down 14 versus Arkansas to start the fourth quarter and scored 21 straight points and then went down and kicked the game-winning field goal. So we have the ability to do that, but for whatever reason against those three teams, we didn't have the belief. And so we've got to one work. Um, you you got to put in the work and put in the investment and put in the sweat equity equity so that when those times and those moments happen, you can recall. Like I deserve to win because I put in all the work this off season. I deserve to win. Our team deserves to win. We deserve to be here because we went through this pain as a group. And I think that's part of the process. But you also got to have a belief in each other. Like I, we deserve to win. And I know we're going to win because Connor has this experience with this wide receiver or this offensive lineman. And there's some of that that just wasn't there last year. But that's that's one way is to to um, have the belief in each other 
the trust, and then the second way is to put in the work. Well, you mentioned the Arkansas game. I feel like I have to pass this on. One of our viewers, Greg, says he has a daughter at Arkansas who's a junior. He bet her that Missouri would win that game every year she was in college, so he's asking you for one more year in that uh, to, to complete her college career winless as an Arkansas student. So that's said due, I pass due it on. To in, yeah, due to NC regular, NCAA rules and compliance rules on that, allowed to bet on uh, <laughs> NCAA intercollegiate contest. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you right now, that game means a lot to me. It means a lot to my uh, to my wife and my girls because of the state we're from. And, and I can promise you, what was our viewer's name? Greg Shackelford. Yeah, you can tell Greg he's going to get my, my absolute dead level best every time we play that team. And uh, he'll be damn proud of the effort and the plan we put together. Is it uh, is it important for a, for a college football program to have a rivalry? that you can point to, you know, do you think that's a, a, cause I know a lot of Missouri fans since they joined this league said, yeah, the Arkansas thing has felt a little forced. It feels like it's getting better. Is, is that important to have one game that, that you can kind of point to and say, Hey, that's that one kind of stands out above some others. Heck yeah. It's important. I mean, look, let's be, let's be realist. Okay. If we had a rivalry within our state, I wouldn't even be fighting for this indoor right now. It would be natural because the powers that be would know that we're not going to let our rival have something better than us. Just like when you have a brother or sister, if they got a toy, you got to have a toy. I mean, it's no different than, uh, you know, Power Mizzou and, and whoever your, you know, <laughs> local competitor is. You want to be better than your competitor. And the fact is, for me, that is a rivalry. And they've got a dadgum nice indoor facility, and I want one too, so that when those recruits drive by, they go through Fayetteville and they come up here. You, you expect us to whip their butt on Saturdays when we play the, the the Saturday after Thanksgiving? Well, I expect to be able to whip their butt in recruiting, too. And so it all plays together, and it's better when you have a rivalry. Um, I mean, look, I was at the Auburn-Alabama situation. Like, there's a reason why they have the same kind of stuff on both sides. It's because we're not going to let, you know, the other person get a, get a leg up on us. And, and we got to have that mentality. I guarantee it if that team – that the other, you know, I love having it because it's like our Kansas and Kansas, you know, both of them. We don't like either one of them. And the reality of it is we, we got to have better stuff than they have. And, and we need to pick it up. And hopefully they let you back in your home state. Those might be fighting words. But, uh, Coach, I know yeah, one, I live one in person. Missouri, man. I live in Missouri. Uh, I, I'm proud to be black and gold, man. Well, there you go. Um, one of the other guys who, who I know we can ask you about who's already on campus, I've seen a couple people ask about is Mookie Cooper. Um, I know there's you know uncertainty as to whether or not he'll be able to play this first season on campus, but how do you kind of see him, him fitting into the offense with his skill set? I don't know yet. I mean, I haven't seen him play. Um, we're excited about Mookie and his future. He works extremely hard. I think, you know, I've seen his high school tape, and he's got incredible, uh, you know, incredible – potential with the ball in his hands but the reality of it is you know until we get spring ball i'm not sure coach we we don't want to take your whole night i mean we would let you hang out here if you wanted to got got two more for you yeah. and, and then we'll let you run uh hey, skip bishop <clears throat> is asking what's your uh what's kind of your philosophy on on scheduling and in what you'd like to do in the non-conference schedule as far as i know you have to play a power five team but but how do you approach that yeah. while you're building a program <laughs> you, you don't have any, I mean, I have no say in it. We're scheduled yeah. out for the next 10 years. So it really is not, uh, it's really not because of the way scheduling is. It's, 
I don't really have any say. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I would prefer to play one the Power Five team to be a regional rival. Again, I think anytime we can play regionally, it helps us. I think we got Kansas State on the schedule. I think we got uh, whatever that team to the West is that plays them in blue and red or whatever. And then I, you know, I'm hopeful we get Illinois. I think we got Illinois coming back on this schedule. I think so. To me, those are the games you want. And then after that, I mean. <laughs> whoever they'll pay and whoever will play. <laughs> well, if we learn one thing this year, it's that you have to schedule football games 12 years in advance and there's no way to possibly adjust during the Can't week or during the month. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you cannot cancel a game on Monday at five <laughs> right. and then give somebody a new opponent and play. Right. Right. Not doable. Um, so the last thing, and we've had a bunch of people kind of ask, ask this just uh, personally, I know you got three daughters. How's, how's Columbia been? How's your family like it? Um, you know, anything that, that, have you really gotten to experience the town? Do you feel like this year? No, you know that's that's probably been the biggest uh, setback is I haven't been able to fully experience and integrate to the town. Um, you know, I haven't been able to really go and hang out downtown. We we were able to experience the lighting of the dome, and that was awesome. But as far as making sure we're able to go to church every Sunday and be a part of the community, that's the thing we're really excited about. And, um, but we love our school that we're in. We, we love our uh, Columbia community that we're in. Our neighborhood's awesome, and, and uh, it's been good. You know, I'm not going to tell you what my favorite pizza place is because I like all of them. Right. And I'm not going to tell you what my favorite restaurant is because I like all of them. But uh, we're enjoying it. <laughs> all right, Eli, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for uh, for taking some time, and uh, and we'll catch you down the road. All right, thanks, Isaac. All right, Eli Drinkwitz joining us, uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. And certainly, uh, we do appreciate his time um, tonight because, look, I think it's fair to say there's not a lot of head football coaches that probably would do that, Um, but um, he did manage to do it. I I have a frozen Mitchell 40 on my screen, so I am going to hang up on him, and I'm going to call him right back um, because – he is just staring at me, and it's it's kind of creeping me out, if we're being quite honest. So I've hung up on him. I should have a Skype window. I'm going to call him right back. We're going to keep the show going, and we're going to take your guys' uh, take your guys' questions, comments, all that, um, whether it's uh, about the interview with, with Coach Drinkwitz, whether you guys have other things on your mind, you know, um, whatever you want to talk about. I now, rather than a frozen – there is Mitchell uh, – you. You were just completely frozen on my screen, staring at me, and it was one of the creepiest things that's happened to me in my whole life. Yeah, I, I could hear you all still talking, um, so that was good, and I, I'm glad I made it as far as I did. But then, yeah, I, I heard you say I was frozen, less than ideal, and I didn't get that. Didn't give me a chance to point out the wonderful viewer who commented, then wanted ask, wanted to ask Drink if he's ever seen someone with better hair and chompers than me. So oh. I, I would have snuck that in there if I had a chance. Yeah, I, I miss that. Um, I, I feel like you'll have you'll have ample opportunity down the road but um no as i was saying <laughs> eric points out that bob douglas was thrilled you were frozen on the screen i was not it was it was super creepy um i i, I hope to avoid that ever again but um I, like i was saying look there's not a lot of division one power five head football coaches that are going to do that from their house on their phone so appreciate him certainly doing it and like you get why fans are so excited every time this guy talks it's just like Everything he says has a purpose, and it's all sell this program. I mean, you can you can tell uh, he's, it's twenty four seven. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, you know, he's just, he's really, con- obviously very conversational, very personable, um, you know, fun guy to talk to. And, and, and that's why it was, it was really nice of him to do this and for us to get a chance to, uh, to, you know, get a little bit more, uh, lighthearted with him, let him give him a chance to share, you know, share some stories and, and, uh, you know, talk about stuff that's important to the program, like the indoor. So yeah, definitely really appreciate it. And, and that's the thing that I think people, it probably, you know, they don't care about what's hard about our jobs or anything. But what you guys, I think, probably don't understand that you're missing because we're missing it this year is the chance to form any sort of a relationship with the people we cover where you can actually do interviews like that, where you can learn something about them. I mean, a lot of the players on this team, we've never met in person. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they they don't they're a decent number of assistant coaches. If I saw them on the street, they would not know who I was, um, you know. And so it's obviously very difficult to be able to write anything insightful or ask a decent question because you don't even know the people. So, I, you know, I think yeah. I, I mean, Eli is is naturally good at that. We've gotten to talk to him a lot, so he at least knows who we are. Um, but mm-hmm. But that's why we want to be able to get back to cover practice and games to to be able to do stuff like that with with more than just the head coach. Yeah, you said a decent number of assistants. I think for me, I mean, like unless they watch the five seven three report, the only one I've ever met in person is uh, is David Gibbs because he's the only one that's been around for more than a year. So I think pretty much every other uh, assistant coach would would not know who I am if I just right. approached them. I mean, the only assistant coaches I know honestly just left. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So so they're at Illinois and I I don't know somewhere, uh, somewhere else right now. So uh, let's see. Going to try to uh, catch up. Oh, uh, apparently uh, while we were talking to Drinkwitz, we missed that Bob Douglas's wedding is in Buffalo. So, okay. I I don't know how you feel about Buffalo. It's not the greatest town ever. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was hoping for better. I was hoping for better. August, if, if I was going to go to Buffalo, it would be in August, but I, that's a tough sell, Bob. I don't know. They do have good wings, although uh, I will say this. I have had Buffalo wings in Buffalo, and CJ's is better. So, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, well, this is, the sale's getting even harder. Sorry, yeah. Bob. I, I missed the uh, I missed the natural transition, by the way, of, uh, of Drinkwood saying, you know, he liked every place in town equally. The place we do not like equally is 573tees.com. We like them more um, because they present this show every week. Uh, they are a great partner of ours, a great sponsor. They're actually running a birthday special uh, for the owner of 573Tees. Is turning 40 today. It is his birthday. He is offering you 20% off on T-shirts. If you go to 573Tees.com, use the code BIRTHDAY, you can get 20% off of a T-shirt. They have a very topical. They have a lot of drink up, a lot of you know Eli Drinkwitz, Mizzou stuff. Um, it, there are people talking about how they love the coach and want to run through brick walls. So go buy yourself a t-shirt, use the code birthday, <laughs> save 20%, help out 573tees.com, maybe drop them a note somewhere, tell them, you know, this is where you heard about the show and, and all that. So they know that, that what they're doing is worthwhile. Hopefully they'll have a little uh, tick up in business because we have more people on this show than we have before, which proves again to me, Mitch, that, like they obviously are here for us. I mean, Eli was a nice bonus, but they're here for us. Right, obviously. And I would say, what a what a man of the people offering a special on his birthday. If it was my birthday, I would right. say, you all need to pay us more. I like I'm entitled to more today. And I, I would I think that's fair. So 100%. true man of the people there. Buy some t shirts. 
Hundred percent. Now that we've got Mitch a uh, background, we've got to get him higher speed internet so he's not glitching at me all the time. But um, you know, baby steps. We're we're getting there. One um, step at a time. Yeah. So, and I want to be clear about this. Stuart West is asking. Look, he Eli Drinkwitz did not say Jadarius Perkins' name, right? He cannot say Jadarius Perkins' name. But when we said you have eleven early enrollees, he clearly corrected it and said they have twelve, or they may have twelve. Jadarius Perkins, as we posted on the board today, is enrolled in classes. He in, posted on Instagram a picture from Columbia. Um, he is, at this point, official other than we haven't been told it's official. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like that was a yeah, that was a nice little little bonus uh, yeah. semi scoop. I won't call it a scoop because it's uh, not confirmed. But yeah, he clearly was uh, was indicating that that is the news of the day that he, that it just never got around uh, for whatever reason. I guess maybe things weren't signed or submitted or whatever to be able to be tweeted. But uh, that is clearly what what has been referred to all day and the appearance on the five seven three report. Right, and the truth is, I mean, look, classes have started. If he's in class, they can say yeah. it at any time. He probably could have said it. I don't know. I I didn't want to toe a line that would get the coach in trouble being on our show i didn't sure. didn't really right. think that was the play he was the one towing a line so uh but you know we can ask anything i guess we could ask there's no rule against me asking um but that yeah. is that is certainly our impression that he was talking about jadarius perkins if he wasn't then hey there's another neat surprise out there for you guys somewhere um <laughs> so uh clay is asking what positions we think will be added to the rest of the 21 class so we're talking about what four spots at this point, probably, because Perkins is in. Yeah, three. We think three BJ or four, Harris maybe. is in. I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard to say exactly. Um, you know, probably three or four. Uh, I, I still think you know definitely you're gonna have at least one offensive lineman who is probably a tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's high school JUCO or transfer, maybe maybe more than one of the, those um, things. Uh, we'll see. But I think that's probably priority number one. Um, priority two, I'd, I'd say probably a safety, um, you know, losing Josh Bledsoe and Tyree Gillespie. Um, and then maybe a, a, just a kind of a, a best available for, if you're taking a, a third, you know, possibly running back, possibly tight end, but just, you know, if you find someone who you feel like can make an impact right away, it kind of doesn't matter where. Yeah. Uh, and possibly if you, if you find yourself needing to replace Shamar Pearl, you know, a, a, a rusher, a pass rusher, um, and, yeah, and we don't know exactly where that stands but if shamar pearl is or is not in the class that that probably impacts uh what you do and uh andy is saying every time drinkwitz talks he he realizes how boring uh odom was on the microphone look every time he talks i'll tell you i realize how boring most coaches are i i mean yeah I, you yeah. know it, the, the bottom line is most coaches aren't gonna a most coaches aren't gonna come on this show i mean it is like the yeah. highest rated show in my home office on youtube so you know it's a <laughs> it's a big deal but most coaches aren't gonna do that most coaches aren't gonna talk about bull crap and take shots at, at at arkansas and and do that like he he gets it i mean he knows what mm-hmm. you guys want to hear he's he he is a salesman he knows how to play the game now ultimately He's got to win games, and he knows that too. Um, but in year one, in year probably in year two, while you're building, it always helps to have some salesmanship, you know. And Missouri has—they honestly—I don't remember the last time they had a coach that did. I mean, I don't know that Larry Smith was a salesman. Gary Pinkle's sales pitch was, "Hey, I know what I do works, and I know I'm good at it, and it's going to work." I mean, that's cool. Yeah. He was right, but it wasn't super exciting, yeah. and. You know, Barry wasn't a right. salesman, but Drinkwood certainly is. 
Yeah, yeah. At a certain point, you know, it doesn't matter necessarily if what your personality is. If you win, that sells itself. But but Drinkwitz is one of those rare coaches who doesn't, uh, you know, necessarily need that to I think really get get people excited. I mean, you know, you you can just see I think why you know all these people. You know, he's he's having the recruiting success he is, and and kids are saying they're related to him. Or you know, Steve Wilkes made the comment the other day. Hopes is he's going to recruiter of these kids as he wants to to get him to join the staff. So you can see that just kind of in his uh you know his his daily con conversations and, and press conferences and all that stuff. And uh, it's, it's interesting for us. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. And, and Hey, like I'm not against, Hey, if I ask a stupid question, I'm, I'm, I'm good with being the guy that gets made an example out of on the zoom call. You know, that's, that's fine. We deserve that. Um, if you ask a stupid question, you probably should be called out on it. So, you know, fortunately I don't think I've ever done that, but. Oh no, us? No, never. We've never asked better questions. <laughs> it's always other people. Usually I'm too busy texting, complaining about things to even realize when they call on me. So, um, you know, then yeah. I, then Zoom doesn't update and I have to go searching and finding the right. uh, unmute button. And I, I just, there was legitimately and one then, time I just, I <laughs> forgot what I was going to ask. So I just said I left my hand up. And then, and then the, you know, you'll get those times where you're slow to unmute yourself and the moderator tries to help you out by unmuting you at the exact moment you unmute yourself. And so you get remuted. It's the, this is the joys of Zoom. Yeah, we, we would rather be back in person. We really need to get back in person. We suck at this technology thing. I mean, I, I blew all my technological abilities by managing to get this show on the air. So, you know, really impressive. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, but yeah, it, I think we we really are broadcasting to real people on the internet, so that's pretty good. I mean, they appear to be real people. I've, I've not seen any. N- none of our none of the people asking questions have like twenty seven numbers after their after their names. So I take that certainly as a good sign. Um, okay, so Stuart West brings up the. He says when when I see Drinkwitz, it makes me so glad we're not Tennessee. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I think Tennessee came out of this week better than I thought they were going to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably true. AD like, and I, head coach. Yeah, yeah. The big question, obviously, is just what kind of sanctions are we talking about here? Um, you know, that that is going to really, I think, be a big factor in determining, you know, how far back their program is set by all this. Mm-hmm. But, in, in a you know, with, with that aside – Danny White, I think we talked about him last week, is a really good hire as an AD. You know, he's he's not someone who's going to let the boosters run the show, I don't think. And, you know, he, he's got relationships with people all over the place. And then, like, I know Missouri fans like to bag on Josh Heupel, and his system probably has some limitations. And, you know, things were trending maybe not the right way at, at UCF. But he's not – I don't. I think they could have done worse. I mean, yeah. you look at this position Tennessee is in right now, they weren't going to go hire James Franklin. That just I mean, they could have hired Kevin Steele. Right. Like, exactly. Like, that's the kind of options we're talking about. Heifel, at least, you know, he he showed in at Missouri, he came in in a situation that was bad, where he was, you know, taking over an offense that was one of the worst in the country. And, you know, he got it to the point that it was functional, uh, more than functional. I mean, it, it put up good numbers. And people like to point out, well, you know, he, it fell flat against the teams with the good talent, like LSU and Alabama or whatever. Like, so did everybody else. Tennessee at this point, Tennessee at this point is not that that's I know they I know their fans probably wouldn't admit this because they love the fact that they play Alabama every year because one of these years, maybe they'll only lose by 14 or something like that. But like that, that's not their competition right now. They're competing with the Missouris and South Carolinas at the SEC East. And, you know, in that kind of range scheme can can cover up for, you know, know maybe having some recruiting sanctions or something like that yeah and look they had to have i I mean to get a coach that was at a 
a good group of five school to take that job is fairly impressive. Now, look, yes, they overpaid him. Guess what? Missouri overpaid yeah. Eli Drinkwitz last year. I mean, and like I'm not I would have said that 15 minutes ago because he says it all the time, you know. So um, that's sometimes what you have to do when you're in a position where you need a coach and the coach knows he has leverage. Um, Josh has incredible job security there. He's he's going there working for the guy he's already been working with for three years he's he's got six years on his deal I would be stunned if there's any chance they fire him before those six are up because he honestly may go three of them without playing in a bowl game you know and and yeah it's interesting and and I actually heard uh your dad and, and Wetzel and and Thamel talking about this on their podcast it's the threat of sanctions is often worse than the actual sanctions because let's say this Tennessee thing I mean it might not get wrapped up for two years so if you've got a yeah. if you've got a two year bowl ban when it's over, what you've really had is a four year bowl ban because you've had two years of having to recruit not knowing what's coming, and then you get two mm-hmm. years on the end of it. It's it's incredibly punitive to a program. It is, yeah. Just the the length at which it takes to resolve that stuff, and like, look too, like you know, it's is it like people are saying like really that's the guy you think is you know you know take Tennessee back to the mountaintop? Maybe not, no. But there's still value in higher. hiring a coach. Exactly. There's value in hiring a coach that can stabilize the program and shepherd them through something like this. I mean, like, you know, people love to bag on Barry Odom, you know, and and did Missouri make the right decision last offseason? More and more, you know, you think you would say absolutely yes. But you also, I think, have to look at, you know, his ability to kind of get them through some of the stuff he did. Like that allowed them to then be an attractive enough position to hire the guy we just talked to. Yeah. I I mean, I think there's a chance that Conzo Martin ends up down the road kind of having been that guy for Missouri, right? Get him out of the woods, and maybe you don't lead him to the mountaintop, but maybe you put him in a position that you've made some progress up the hill where you can hire a guy who who can get it up up there a little further. Um, and, and look, maybe I'm selling Conzo short. Maybe he is the guy that eventually gets him there. But even if he's not, he's clearly put them – whether it's after this year or two years from now or four years from now, whenever he leaves here, he's clearly put him in a better position than they were in when he got here, which is really the only goal. I mean, it's not realistic to walk into everywhere and just say, hey, we're going to win a national title. Tennessee's not hiring somebody that magically made it 1998 again. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah, I love yeah, the the basketball talk of basketball saying that Mizzou was in a better position than they were when Conzo found them. It would have been hard to not, it, to be fair. Yes. Like, he's done a good job, but Correct. I think I could have gotten them to a better spot than they were at with Kim Anderson. I mean, it would have been tough to be in a worse spot. I've, I've said a number of times, right. I, I've had a lot of people tell me, I don't think you understand how hard it is to win nine games. And not hard like oh, yeah. how hard it is. How hard it is to only yeah. win nine games. Uh, Steve exactly. P went over to five seven three to order a t shirt after Eli Drinkwitz's appearance. So you guys should be like Steve. Uh, Steve, I tell you what, mm-hmm. um, you shoot me an email at powermazoo at gmail dot com. You tell me how much you spent on the shirt, I'll reimburse you that amount of money with time on Power Mizzou. So if you bought a twenty dollars shirt, you can get a couple free months over on the site. Um, please don't email me and tell me you ordered a $150 t-shirt. Cause like, I know you got 20% <laughs> off and I know they don't sell t-shirts for $180. So, you know, let's, uh, let's be relatively uh, be somewhere in the neighborhood of honest, but, uh, but I do appreciate you helping out our sponsors and I'm sure the guys at five, seven, three T's appreciate it too. So T rise and, and, uh, Steve both actually bring up a point about Heupel. Look, it is going to be a question. T. Rice is a little harsher than I would have been. He says he doesn't appear to have a personality. Um, 
he's not super lively. Um, and I can now tell this story because he's not here. Um, and like, whatever, if he down the road gets mad that I told it, I don't really care. It's not offensive or anything, but so Josh Heupel was at the podium back when we used to do media day in person, you know, and he, when, when he was the OC, he had his own press conference every week and he'd get up there for 10, 15 minutes and say nothing and, you know, do his thing. So Dave Matter and I are sitting there and, and Mitch, I don't think you were there yet. I, I'm not sure. But, I wasn't, no. But yeah, but Heupel just walks past and looks down at, at Matter and I and goes, bet you guys got a lot out of that, huh? <laughs> I mean, he was so <laughs> proud of himself for having said absolutely nothing at the, at the lectern that I, I, I had to give him some credit, honestly. But I, I'll be honest, I, I actually I liked Josh all right. Um, I I played in a group behind him at a at a Tiger Club golf tournament one time, and we were backed up like three three groups deep on the tee. Talked to him for a while, and I actually he is from South Dakota. Um, and when I worked in South Dakota, uh, one of the high school football teams was coached by the guy that coached Heupel in in high school. So we had we bonded over our uh, time in South Dakota. <laughs> Yeah, very nice. Yeah, that, I think that even just circles back to your point earlier of how different a lot of coaches drink with this and the fact that he's willing to kind of show his personality and not, right. you know, be a robot. Because for a lot of them, they're not just naturally like that. It is just kind of the coach way. Um, but yeah, it will be a question to see how he handles just the environment at Tennessee. I mean, you've got a ton of media, a ton of fans, you know, boosters and, and all that who are going to want to, you know, try to finagle their way in there, hear certain things. So, um, you know, it, it's it, that is that is probably, I think, the biggest question mark I would have about him at this point. But again, Tennessee was not in position where they were going to all of a sudden hire the, the perfect man for the job or, or, like you said, build a time machine and take it back 20 years. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, turned into obviously a, a football show, um, much more so. I mean, which is, hey, that was kind of the plan. Um, and, and we want to do this with this show throughout the just not obviously get Eli Drinkwitz every Wednesday. I mean, if he would do it, we would have him every Wednesday, but I don't think he already does Tiger Talk, and, and that's in his contract. I don't believe I can get the 573 report written into his contract retroactively. Um, yeah, it, we, we need you all to start start donating a little more money, yeah. to be honest. Right, to the Power Mizzou Fund, yeah. Don't send it to the yeah. indoor practice facility. Send it to Power Mizzou. We will get it Super written like into or whatever. Next, yeah. the next coach's contract. Um but uh, it, we'd like to do that. I'm going to maybe try to get an assistant or two on, on here uh, during the off season. You know, actually, I, I was thinking uh, in, in a few weeks we might might try to be able to hit up uh, soon to be Super Bowl champion Yasir Durant and, and have him on the show. So, you know, yeah, he would, he would be a good person to talk to. I probably I probably we do. have Blaine Gabbard on the other side. I don't know if I don't know how you're I haven't I've never talked to Blaine Gabbard. I don't know how your relationship with him is, but uh, you see would be a good person to talk to. I would say my relationship with Blaine is less good than my relationship with you. Not terrible, but I don't think Blaine is my biggest fan. So, you know, OK, um, well, but Blaine, I don't think Blaine particularly enjoyed any of us covering him when he was in in college, if I'm being honest. Uh, and he did okay. like, to well, be fair, he did have, he came in with expectations that like nobody could possibly have fulfilled. He actually had a really good career at Missouri, but people think it wasn't that good because he wasn't, he didn't win two high schools, yeah. you know, uh, Jake, right, right. Jacob Stouffer is asking us to get Andy Reed the week before the Super Bowl to preview the game. I'm Probably not. <laughs> I don't love my chances. I mean, this show is gaining notoriety across the region, but 
Yeah. I, I, I think we're in a little bit of trouble there. Danny Ragland is apparently uh, lobbying for himself, asking for a random poster to be a guest on the show. So uh, <laughs> A lot of people have asked that over the years, be it through on this show or the podcast. And I'll be, it just doesn't it just doesn't really appeal to me because you know what we have to do? Then we have to let other random posters come on here. And we, we, no offense, I'm sure Danny has a lot of insight, but we hear your all thoughts all the time. We yeah. hear them a lot. <laughs> yes, and you hear our thoughts, but um, you know, so that's why we try to get some other people. Because, like, look, we can. There's only so much time we can ramble on, and and I feel like we've kind of uh, about reached that limit. Um, I don't know. I guess what else do we have coming up, Mitch? Uh, I know there's basketball uh, Saturday. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of basketball games in a row. Um, uh, bunch of home games in a row. I mean, we got uh, DCU, uh, Kentucky, Alabama. I believe in that order. All at home. Um, so, you know, a couple of good games there for sure. I mean, Kentucky's still a talented team and, you know, going to, going to draw headlines. And then Alabama's obviously we touched on them. So, um, that should be good. Uh, drink was just said, uh, spring football, maybe starting as soon as February 26th, February yeah. 27th. So we will continue to preview that. I'll have another that, position preview on that actually up tomorrow morning. We'll keep running that down. So. I yeah. don't know what Eli considers spring, but let me tell you, it's not February 27th. Um, that is winter. No, they're going to be they're They're going to wish they had that new indoor building by then. We're going to wish they had it built if they allow us on the practice field. So, so this seems like a great place to end. Uh, we did have a couple of recommendations to get Andy Hill on the show. That, that, that might be something we can, uh, work on, uh, later this spring. Um, but, uh, Steve, asks if Blaine doesn't like me because of the Real American video I posted on YouTube. So, Mitch, have you ever seen this Blaine Gabbert is Real American? I have not. Okay, I just, this is, this is my gift to everyone on this show. When you're done here, you're already on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search Blaine Gabbert Real American. It is four <laughs> and a half minutes of your life that you're going to thoroughly enjoy. It's the most amazing music video ever produced. I did not produce it and I did not post it, but you're going to want to check it out. After you do that, go over to 573Ts, uh, order your t-shirt just like uh, Steve did earlier. And before we log off, hey, Bob Douglas is not only going to take Mitch to a wedding in Buffalo, he is contributing uh, $5 via Super Chat to the fund for Mitchell's plane ticket. So... That's a, in all seriousness, Bob, appreciate you being here. We know it, it's a bit, but um, you've been here for, for a lot of our shows and, and one of the uh, certainly more, uh, more dedicated people on here. So we appreciate all you guys being here. Hope you enjoyed uh, getting to hear from, from Coach Drinkwitz and a little bit more of a, a relaxed uh, format and a uh, chance for you guys to ask him some questions. Before you leave, like, subscribe, do all that. I don't know, Mitch, you need any other favors? You got a place they can... Venmo you some money to fly and meet if Bob all Douglas. Of a, yeah, if, if all of a sudden people are going to start paying my expenses, I mean, you know, feel free. Maybe I'll start giving away yeah, my, uh, my, my Venmo information. I don't know. Just put it on the banner behind me or something. <laughs> Do like the Woody Page thing with the whiteboard and put my Venmo handle. Perfect. All right, guys. So thanks for watching. Uh, Mitch, appreciate it, man. And we will uh, catch you. Well, I'll catch you on Saturday pregame for basketball but we'll be back on this show next week once again 573t's.com hit them up hit all our sponsors up and we will talk to you later